Hello, welcome to the table. Crack a bottle open, pour a large glass, kick off your shoes, get comfortable. Thank you for joining me at this very table because this is Table Conversation, the podcast where we tip the world towards love, one conversation at a time with me, I am Craig Story. So how are you this week? I hope you're all well and you're happy and feeling relaxed, refreshed. Um, That wasn't a feeling that I've really felt this week that much, actually. I don't know about you, but the daylight saving, you know, the clock change or the daylight not saving, return to normal time um, that happened last weekend. Oh, it's not me about this week. More on that in a few minutes' time. I'm going to talk about sleep and how important sleep is for us. And do you know what? Because I've suffered with this this week and I've kind of been a bit all over the place with my sleep. I've had a lot of work on, so I've been running around crazy, not sleeping as as well as what I normally would. And I think part of that has been because of this clock change. And you wouldn't really think that for an hour change, would you? But when you look into the science and some of the research they've done behind how daylight saving and the return to the normal time in the winter well it's it's still autumn actually isn't it it's just because it feels like winter at the moment scraping all the cars in the morning but the return to the normal time this time of the year um, and how that affects our our bodies our physical bodies and our, our mental health as well and there's some amazing statistics around it which I'll share with you a little bit later on in the podcast but another thing that stretched me this week was After work one night, I popped into town and I had an evening with Holly Willoughby. It wasn't just me by myself. It was an event that was hosted by um, Christine Lampard and it was at the Barbican in London. And it was um, a book launch event for Holly's new book that she has out at the moment called Reflections. I'd already listened to the book, the audio version of the book, which again is out now, um, before the event. Because it was, um, as I was driving around, I was listening to it from last weekend when it was first launched. So I had an idea, really, of what was going to be coming up in the conversation, some of the things that um, Holly reflects on in the book, and the chat, the conversation that Christine brilliantly hosted, actually. Do you know what? I think she's a really underestimated broadcaster. Um, She does a lot of the light sort of things on daytime TV, doesn't she? But back in the day when she used to host the one show then she was doing like the what whatever it was before good morning britain i can't remember that that morning show changed its names more often but yeah beside the point i think christine's a brilliant broadcaster journalist i think yeah i think she's good at what she does i do enjoy watching holly willoughby broadcast or present on the tv i think she's got i like her personality i like her, her style and the way it's the way she connects with her audience I, I like watching her i think she's fun and um she's also very serious at times she's got a, a broad sort of personality and a broad broad presenting style uh, and i was really interested to listen and to or to read her book because I know from following Holly on social media that she's been on a bit of an exploration of, of self-discovery over the past few years and getting to know herself. And she talked about that on the evening. She talks about it in the book. And because that's something that I can resonate with and going on a journey of self-discovery, trying different alternative therapies, trying more traditional mainstream sort of things, just just like peeling back the layers, which very often we do here as we sit around the table. It was quite funny, actually, because some of the subjects 
that are in the book. And some of the things she said on the evening, I was like, has she been listening to Table Conversation? Because I just thought it, it just reaffirms that we, no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you live or how successful the outside world sees you as in terms of career, in terms of money, in terms of beauty, inside and outside, um, we still all have these struggles and we still are all trying to muddle our way through it and work it out. And I know it's different for every individual and we're all on our own sort of journey. Journey is the word, isn't it? I'm probably going to overuse that during this, this little bit of the chat, but we're all on that journey. And I think once you start to discover yourself, it, as Holly did say on the evening, it, it's it's something you can't hold back from and you just keep going and going and getting a little bit further and a little bit deeper back to yourself and maybe that's what life is and we never really get completed or finished or done we're always finding new parts of ourselves to discover and to learn about and this is why I love audio and I love what what we have here around the table because uh, because by talking and connecting and storytelling I think we all learn and pick up little bits about ourselves and we when we see something in someone else it sort of and it resonates with us it reaffirms that oh actually this is all okay and this is this is being human I'm not weird I'm not crazy my head isn't completely mashed up and I think that we're we all resonate then don't we and we all it reaffirms to us that we're, we're just on on a path and we're all on our own individual paths but we face some similar struggles and when you hear someone else talk about it so candidly and somebody who has such a huge platform like Holly like seven million followers on Instagram it just it it just normalizes and mainstreams this kind of thinking and this kind of talking that we do around the table I'm not going to give any spoilers if you haven't read the book because I think that in some ways there there are lots of the book that I really resonated with about 70% of it, I thought, yeah, I get this. Then there was 30%, I'd say, that I personally didn't because being a man and identifying as a man, there were parts of the book that weren't relevant to me, um, bringing up children, birth, and some of the things around beauty and dressing for different events and how to to style yourself to your body shape. <laughs> that didn't really resonate with me, but I think um, the some of the some of the w- women that I've worked with this week, I have recommended the book to them when they've asked me. One of my friends and colleagues asked me for some holiday read recommendations. I was like, "This for for you, this will be every it'll tick every box. This book, and it might do for you." Um, but some parts of the book, yeah, I didn't resonate with. But then Holly didn't. She can only write from her perspective as someone who identifies as a woman, somebody who's given birth to three children, and um, loves using tools and tips and tricks that she's picked over the years to to for to make herself feel and look beautiful on the outside too so the journey for holly started actually when she presented i'm a celebrity get me out of here you know the jungle um that was i think it was ant that was off for a season because he was um, going through his own issues wasn't he at that time and going through recovery rehab so she was flown out to Australia and she had a couple of weeks by herself before her family joined her she was living in an apartment and close to Byron Bay which is the land of the alternative and she decided she was going to try everything and she said it wasn't something that 
she it was new to her it was something that she'd just lost or forgotten over the years of being busy and I think she said that she was attuned to Reiki by her friend who was a Reiki master when she was 17 so quite young to be attuned to Reiki and if you're not sure what Reiki is and that's a, a healing an ancient healing method actually um, that uses energy and it's different energy points on your body um, that the the person that's attuned to the reiki or the reiki healer um, will use the, a transfer of energy um, or I'd, uh, it might sound really far out to you if it's something that interests you then definitely have a look into it I used to go for weekly treatments of reiki about 10 years ago or so and it's something that I got a lot out of and then I was actually tuned myself and so I can self-heal um, so yeah that's <laughs> that's um, reiki so yes that was um, something that wasn't new to holly um, so she decided to go off and try loads of different things some things she said really freaked her out she didn't really enjoy um, but there was one woman that she met a kinesiologist um, and that's again another form of healing or therapy to do with muscle reflexes and she said something more than that happened at that 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 session um, which opened her up to sort of go down this alternative route and find things that really work for her and I think that's something we can all take from isn't it and just stopping and finding things that work for us and I know and something that Holly explicitly said was that it's not for everyone and Reiki or kinesiology or um, psychic healers, clairvoyance, counts, psychic spiritual counsellors, that might not be for you. You might want to go down a, a more... Some people do say to me that they want to go down the professional medical route and someone who's trained in psychiatry or somebody that's a, a counsellor from a, a medical background or something they get referred to by their doctor because that seems solid and that that's what they prefer and, and that's all okay too. And um, some of the, the best success stories that I've heard of people that have been through any kind of traumas has been a mixture of t more traditional, more, um, I don't know, more, well, it's not traditional, I guess, in some ways, because some of these therapies, some of these alternative things have been around for thousands of years, um, but more, I don't know, more mainstream sort of healings or more mainstream therapies and mixing the two together has been successful for a lot of people and that's something that my cousin Corey talked about when he was on the podcast on episode four talking about um, battling with stage four cancer and mixing and he says everything sort of came together for or comes together for him as a synergy of different things and I think that's the best way isn't it it's what you put in your personal backpack and your toolkit so that's what Holly was doing when she was out there finding different things and like she said it's it's never going to end it's now she started this it, she can't go back and she doesn't want it to end and she wants to keep finding new ways and I suppose we all have to respond to different points in our lives don't we where we get to we might go through a breakup at some point or we might go through um, a loss of someone close to us where we need something to sort of help us get through that point and we we find the right things at the right time and there is so much out there to discover and try and some of it will work for you and some of it you will absolutely love if you haven't tried anything yet or and some of it just won't work for you and you think this is a load of old rubbish but then you'll speak to your friend or say actually that was absolutely amazing for me because we're all individual aren't we and we all work very differently um some of the things that she also uses now is a meditation and Holly talks about meditation for the for a modern world and different types of meditation I think so many of us think that meditation means we've got to sit and hum 
in the lotus position and we've got to completely clear our heads and not have any thoughts, any processes going through our brains at that point. And some people that really works for and that's how they do meditate. Other people may be just like a candle and watch a candle flicker away and just lose their thoughts. Um, some people use guided meditation, so putting on the headset and uh, there's tons on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon that you can download. Um, some of the meditation that I prefer is like these um, brain sync meditations where they use waves of sound to reprogram your, your mind or to help you relax into sleeping or to, to gear you up for the day. And our brains respond to sound. And yeah, so there's all different types of meditation. And again, that's an, where you go even deeper and further into that area of meditation is finding out what type of meditation works for you and how you can do it and I think so many times people put pressure on themselves when it comes to meditation that they think you have to do half an hour you've got to do it at this time and practice is the most important thing with it and doing it regularly every day even if you just start with five or ten minutes and the benefits for your life when you see after seven days of trying it um, I'm sure just stopping and sitting still for that time However you choose to do it and whatever you choose to do with it will help you improve um, your thought processes in, in every other area too because you've had that time out. Um, she says that she meditates 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening every day now. Um, I, tr I do it every morning when I wake up but then I do fall off the wagon sometimes but I do know how much it affects me when I stop doing it and I do question myself sometimes like why are you not doing this when it's so good for you and when you say to yourself, well, or you hear other people say that I just don't have time to fit in my life, those are the people that need it the most. And you really need to do meditation if you're saying that you don't have time to do it. Another thing that she spoke about, and I know from social media, was crystals. And I'm never too far away from a crystal. Anyone that knows me knows that. And I mean, I've got a crystal in my hand now. I have one on my desk when I'm here recording the podcast. I've got a couple of crystals around me, but I've got these, uh, a palm stone at the moment, which is like the exact shape of your palm and it sits in and it's just quite comforting to just sit and hold. And um, this is Amazonite, which is about creativity and communication, which is pretty important while you're recording a podcast. Um, but they all have different attributes or different meanings and whether it's psychosomatic and you read it and you think yeah that's going to help or somebody tells you that's going to help with that and that reprograms I don't know but they're so beautiful anyway and if you've got them around your home just having them there to look at is pretty impressive and to think that they just come from the earth that's for me that's where I see the beauty in it and I don't I feel I don't know like I said you can't prove it you can't unprove it um, but there is something about them that I'm drawn to and I, I really like. I can't walk past a crystal shop without going in and buying anything. And it all started for me when I did go for a, a psychic reading um, with my, who's now my friend Kelly. I've, I haven't spoken to for a while, but I'm, I really want to reconnect, actually. That's something for me to do this week. Um, but yeah, we I, and she gave me a crystal at the end of the reading and I hadn't really known much about crystals. Um, the reading was brilliant, spot on for that time in my life. Um, so she told me about crystals and how they were. I, I should try and drag her onto the podcast, but I'm not sure um, if she'll feel comfortable doing that. But if anyone knows anyone that wants to talk about crystals here, then um, please get in touch because I'd love to talk about uh, doing an episode about crystals. Um, 
Oh, but on to this week's, <laughs> back to this week's. Um, so yeah, she talks about having crystals around. And again, that's something she did when she was younger, but then went back to it and using them for different things and different points in your life. And next time you see a crystal shop or an alternative shop, you can usually smell the incense as you walk around. My friend Kelly, her shop was well known in the town um, where she had it that you could smell um, the crystal shop and it draw it drew people in with the smell of the incense which did smell absolutely beautiful um, but yes next time you're around one of those shops go in and if you don't know much about crystals just see where your hands or your eyes or your senses take you and I'd, I've had it in the past where I've just sort of looked at one I, I thought there's something about that and I picked one out and then there's books that relate to um, some of the things that are what some of the attributes are or some of the the benefits of they say of having these crystals and if you do that and then you read it and you're like it's like a your stomach just drops because you're like oh my days that is exactly what I'm experiencing at the moment and that is what I need try it out it, I hope it works for you because it's they are incredible and I don't want to get this wrong because I want someone to who's who's studied crystals to come on the podcast but um what they, in basic terms, as far as I understand it, or as far as the descriptions that I've read, that everything vibrates. They say every everything has a vibration or a frequency, and crystals vibrate at different frequencies, just like we do as humans, or um, they say even like tables or um, trees vibrate at, at different levels. And when you bring something close to you, you get a feeling, a bit like when another person steps into your circle or gets closer to you and you get a vibe or a feeling from them and you feel that I don't know you feel if they're feeling really like angry you can sense that someone's not very happy and they say by bringing a crystal or something that vibrates at a certain level into your zone or into like wearing it close to you or holding it uh, it brings in that feeling and that vibe to you whether you believe that or not is completely up to you. You think I've completely lost the plot. Um, I don't know, but give it a try. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, move on to something else. It's okay. Um, the other thing when we talk about vibration, um, something that I've used myself in the past, which Holly also talked about, were singing bowls. And singing bowls, I don't know whether you've ever seen them. You can get the metal ones that are hammered out. And some of them are from Tibet. They're amazing sort of... Um, ornate sort of bowls that have been molded into a bowl and you get um, a singing stick with it that you sort of vibrate around the edge of the bowl and you get the sound or you can just tap the bowl or as I said you can rotate the stick around the bowl at the, the top and, and hold it in your hand and then you get I don't know whether that's um, you're enjoying that sound or not 
That's the sound that you get um, when you go around the edge of the bowl at the very top. And um, you can get these bowls in crystal as well. They're made out of crystal, some of them, and you can get them. So you're double whammy. You've got the crystal and you've also got the sound of the singing bowl. Sound waves um, travel much faster in water than they do in air. So our bodies are 70% water. So I kind of feel like that those waves vibrate through my body. I don't know whether you felt anything like that, maybe when you're doing it yourself. And that's why I think certain sounds affect us, don't they? And that change what we're doing. I remember a few years ago, I read a story where they were playing the really high pitched sounds outside of um, shops because they didn't want young people hanging around outside because only they could hear at that level. Their hearing was so great that the, the sound just made them feel really uncomfortable. So they moved on. I've seen it on social media where people share um, a clip of sound and it's, it predicts your age as you get to the point where you can actually hear that sound vibration. So sound does affect us. And I think that if you can listen to good sounds and it has a positive impact, like a, a singing bowl or some of these um, brain sync meditations and you don't even have to go and buy a singing bowl because you can go onto YouTube or to wherever you listen to your music and you'll find that there's um, Tibetan monks playing singing bowls there's all sorts of people that are playing them and some of them are, are really quite long if you want to just have a bit of noise in the background just to see how that affects you and how it affects your mood in the book and the event, Holly also talked about busy as a badge of honour. Again, that's something we've spoken about here around the table, isn't it? And how we often give ourselves a pat on the back for multitasking and completely stressing ourselves out. And that's very often how we end up in a position where we've lost actually who we are. And it's well, it's only when you stop still or you have that time away from the busy life where you just say, actually, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I running around keeping everyone else happy when... I don't really know who I am or what what I'm about anymore. Um, so that's something we talked about and getting to that stage of burnout um, when she was there at the event. Um, also, even though she is in that position where she's got millions of followers and um, she's got everything you would see in a successful marriage, three children that are all healthy and happy, um, she's got a successful career. Um, she says that she we uh, she has those voices as well, fear of what other people think about her. And she, it's something she addressed, particularly around mum guilt and being a working mother, um, which she, if you're interested or you feel that yourself, then you must have a read of what she has to say about that. Because, it's yeah, you, she questions it. She's like, well, who is actually saying that to me? And it's sometimes that internal voice um, that speaks to us. And when you break it down to what it actually means, um, it, you can wipe it away. And I'm not just dismissing that because the, she goes into greater detail about that in the book. And that might be something that you feel yourself and want to get her viewpoint on and see whether you can take that forward. Something else um, that I really took away from this, and I, I guess I'm kind of downplaying this podcast in some ways, because she said that um, there's so much information out there and daily really we have an influx of information don't we? we we've got a device that we carry around with us where we can find all of the world's knowledge within seconds there are thousands hundreds of thousands of books out there we get recommended I recommend books to you here and uh, I'm always reading books I'm always listening to podcasts I'm watching TED talks so I'm I'm trying to process lots of information and this is something I'm definitely going to take from that chat that the other night because I think that 
I do overanalyze and I maybe go too deep into some things that I don't really need to. And I think that I'm because of all this information that's coming in and I'm always wanting to learn more and I'm wanting to gain, which is great. And I get a lot of pleasure out of it. But sometimes that blurs in the way as well of who I am, because I could listen to an audio book one week and think, yeah, they've absolutely nailed it. And like a bit like this with Holly, it's like, she's really got this and I'm really resonate. I want to take that forward. I want to do this. And then the next week I listen to something else and I change my mind again. So it how it sort of aids in losing sight of who we are and instead of stopping still and actually listening to our own intuition. And she talks about childbirth and she says, our body knows what to do when we get to that situation. Just like in any other scenario, our body knows. And sometimes we can get influenced a bit too much by all of that information that's coming from outside of us. So by stopping still and, and being with ourselves and just knowing and listening to that inner voice. And so often that has happened, isn't it, where you sometimes I don't know you pick up the phone to someone and they say I've just been thinking about you or the other week uh, it was funny my, me and my friend Sarah we both hit the text button at exactly the same time and it's like oh we're we just knew that that was happening and I think that you have to listen to that voice or you just turn up at a friend's house and they're like I just really needed to see you today I really needed a hug um, we know and by listening to that I think we probably get to ourselves a little bit quicker too and it's okay to dip in and out of these types of things and dip into podcasts like this and just I, I think in some ways as I said at the beginning that of this part of the podcast it does help us reaffirm that we're okay and it's normal to go through these types of feelings and we connect through stories and we connect through hearing other people but we have to have that pause button where we we don't take on too much of everyone else's ways of doing things or the ways of thoughts. We might think, yeah, that's a good way of trying that out, um, but it, it might not work for you. And yeah, just have that boundary that, yeah, that's okay. I can listen to that book and I can hear what they have to say about that. But that doesn't mean that that's the way that I'm going to do things. And we have that influence, not just from social media and books and all the 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 things that we consume but even from our friends don't we our friends <laughs> tell us the right way that they would do something but that might not necessarily be the right way for us and sometimes we learn that the hard way by going down that road and you think I wish I'd just listened to myself I wish I'd have done what I knew I had to do that voice that was there that told me that, that was the right thing to do and I'm sure we've all been in that situation in the past most people that know that I went to the event have asked me, what does she look like in real life? How does she come across? Was she drunk? Um, no, she wasn't drunk. But um, I know it seems quite shallow to talk about how somebody looks when there's so many, many deeper elements. But it is something that Holly talks about in the book because it's part of her life and it's important to her the way she dresses, the way she uses makeup and beauty tips to, to bring out the best of stuff. And I think that's the same for everyone or for many people, isn't it? So yeah, she is just as beautiful in real life and she, she came across so well. And as I was leaving the, the Barbican, walking towards me was Philip Schofield. So I dived in for a selfie with Philip Schofield and I felt for him during the interval um, of the event because every second person was stopping him but I just managed to catch him on the way out but again really nice guy that actually stopped and he didn't say no to anyone with signing photographs anything it must be quite hard at times um part as part of your job that that being that you can't really go anywhere without everyone stopping you or shouting out your name but 
loads to take from that book and I think you'll really enjoy it. If you like Holly Willoughby, if you like self-discovery and you like hearing how someone else um, went through that exploration and things that she's picked up on from 25 years of sitting in the makeup chair and having stylists and people around her, then Reflections is out now. It's in hardback and audio. The event was brilliant, but I was so tired the next day. I'd been at work all day, hot on the train, went to the event, did have a few drinks there. Anyone that knows me probably knows that was pretty much a given. Um, but I then got back and I hadn't been sleeping that great since Sunday because that's when we changed our clocks, wasn't it? We we put the clocks back an hour and you'd think that was great because we got an extra hour of sleep. But let's have a little chat about why that affects us so badly and why it can take us a couple of weeks to get over that one hour time difference. Now when it comes to changing the clocks we always or I always think well at least in the the autumn or the fall we fall back one hour so we get that extra hour in bed fantastic it's at the springtime isn't it where we struggle because we lose that hour's sleep but it wasn't until this week that I realized I'm actually being affected by this and maybe because over the past few months I've had really good sleep I've had really good routines with my sleep um, but I noticed this week that I was struggling and I was struggling with my mood, my appetite, and I was thinking, what is going on? Because I just wasn't sleeping properly, and I, I wasn't feeling quite right. Um, so I thought, let's have a look into this, and let's dig a little bit deeper. And I had read a book a few years ago um, by Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep, because I know sleep's very important to me. I do um, work that affects my bedtime and I'm going to sleep at different hours and being awake for extended periods of time when I should be sleeping um, so I know that how important sleep is but they have done loads of research about how this one hour affects us and it's a bit like a, a global experiment Matthew describes it as on 1.6 billion people across 75 countries twice a year and all the data that comes in from this in the spring, when we lose an hour, there's a 24% increase in heart attacks. And again, when we take the hour off, in, like we had just have done in the past week, there's a 21% reduction in heart attacks. It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, but also, although there is a reduction in heart attacks during the autumn when we take the, the clocks back, there is an increase in road traffic accidents and suicide rates. And when we move the clocks around, it actually affects the economy. And they've, they've tracked to see spending, um, how the stocks and shares all work at that, that point. So even though it's like a, a small increase or a small decrease in sleep, it does really affect our bodies um, in many different ways. And the reason behind that is that humans, just like some other living creatures, including plants and flowers, were all guided by these circadian rhythms. They're 24-hour cycles that regulate our sleep along with other bodily functions such as our appetite and our mood so they're largely dependent on light exposure which is what daylight saving or um, going back to our standard time in the winter is always about isn't it? it's about increasing the amount of daylight um, so they reset every day and they they must be sort of synchronized with the natural light and darkness cycles and that ensures healthy high quality sleep too so we know now we're having more darkness aren't we because the 
we're waking up and we're going to work when it's a bit darker. We're coming home and, well, we're driving home in the dark now, aren't we? Because the, the, it, it's getting dark much earlier, which can then affect our, our sleep-wake cycle. Um, so researchers have found that in addition to the sleep loss, people are at a greater risk of mood disturbance. I can vouch for that this week. Some It was just like little things that would, wouldn't normally get to me or people um, just seem to be going out of their way to annoy me this week, or some people anyway. Um, there's also an increase in suicide rates and, as I said, being involved in traffic accidents during those those periods. But that does come with a caveat because there is a reduction in accidents when we get more daylight because people are driving home from work in, in more light at times. So just have to give you that bit of information as well. So these circadian rhythms, they're 24-hour cycles and they're part of our body's internal clock. Uh, and they run in the background so we can carry out everyday functions and we can, I mean, it even creates um, hormones ready for, to help us digest or at certain times of the day. But one of the most important, the one we are all going to talk about now is the sleep-wake cycle. So as I said, there are different systems of the body that follow these rhythms and they're, they're synchronized with the, the master clock, which is the brain. And that master clock is directly influenced by the environment and cues, so especially light, um, which is why they link the circadian rhythms to the, the day and the night. Now, just for you fact finders there, circadian is actually from Latin, which circadian, which is around the day. Um, just a bit, if you get asked that in a pub quiz, you now know the answer. And they exist in all kinds of organisms, like flowers, for example. They know when to open and close at the right time. And if, you, if it's a nocturnal animal, they know that they shouldn't be leaving their shelter or their den um, during the daytime when there might be predators around. So um, it's not just us as humans that are affected by these circadian rhythms. But they do, in people, regulate our mental and physical systems throughout the whole body. Um, as I said, like the digestive system produces proteins which match the typical timings of meals. And um, when we need energy, the endocrine system regulates hormones for that. So as I said, they respond to the light that's there and the, the master clock in the brain responds to light. And we, we've, we've lost all light, haven't we, really? If we're going out in the mornings when it's dark, we're coming home at night, we're not actually seeing daylight, then it is going to affect our internal body clock. And now I always thought that I used to feed up during the winter. I, used, I thought it was like a hamster or a, um, a squirrel burrowing away and eating more during the winter. But actually, this can actually, there's evidence to, that connects the lack of light to our metabolism and weight through the regulation of our, our blood sugar and cholesterol. So maybe that's why during the winter we don't stodge out to keep warmer as we, we always thought, as I always thought I did. Maybe it is because there is a lack of light and this body clock is put out of sync because it hasn't seen much light. Um, and it's also important we get vitamin D from the sun, don't we? If we're not having much exposure to it. And it's actually recommended on the NHS website here in the UK that we do take a supplement of vitamin D during the winter season. And even more interestingly, the World Health Organization has included any term of nighttime shift work as a probable carcinogen, so increasing the risk of cancer. Because if we don't get good sleep, then um, our natural killer cells, these immune cells, are depleted when we're not sleeping properly. 
Um, so when we don't sleep, it's, and that's on the World Health Organization website. And just because I like these little bits of trivia, that even talking about our reproductive organs, a man who sleeps five hours a night has smaller testicles than someone who sleeps seven hours a night. It also affects a man's levels of testosterone and it affects the female reproductive system in the, the same kind of way if you're not sleeping, but obviously not with testicles. Um, our brain needs to sleep. Uh, our body needs to sleep so when you're not getting enough sleep then it, it does affect your whole life and people who do suffer with problems with sleep talk about this don't they and how they just don't feel right and it, how much it affects uh, and even by taking sleeping tablets um, or prescribed drugs it's like it's not a natural way of sleeping so it doesn't have the same power that a, a decent night's sleep has now some of the things that I found trying to, to help me along this week, really, I've been trying to get into, I've read some advice, I've been trying to get into a bit more of a routine, um, I've had to be up at five most mornings this week, so I've been trying to get into bed for ten, I've tried for nine, but it just wasn't happening, I've got, had too much on, apart from the night out with Holly Willoughby, I didn't get um, <laughs> that uh, good sleep that night. So one of the best things they say for overall sleep hygiene and keeping your, yourself going is having a consistent sleep and weight schedule, even at weekends. You know, we're, we're tempted to lie in over the weekend, but it's keeping it consistent is actually really good for maintaining a, a decent amount of sleep. Also, um, keeping the temperature right, and that's important this time of year. I'm, I like to be warm. I, I, I like to start, I could, if I could stand under a heat lamp, I would. Maybe a bit like a, a reptile in a reptile cage. Um, but yeah, regularity and keeping the temperature down in the bedroom. They say around 18 degrees Celsius is the best optimum time to, um, temperature to drop off to sleep. Our bodies need to, to cool down to go to sleep, which is why we very often sleep much better in a, a room that's too cold rather than a room that's too hot. Um, and I've had my heating on this week and I've, I've had it on in, I've been in a hotel part of the week. So had the heating on 24 degrees. It was like almost tropical. So no wonder I wasn't sleeping that great because I thought, oh, I'll get cozy. It'll help me drop off to sleep. But it's actually the opposite. Um, you can also take some natural supplements. Um, I, something I did consider, I thought if I'm not right by the weekend, then I will go to the health store and I'll have a look, see what I can get to, to help me supplement just to, to get me to sleep. One thing that I haven't been doing very often, um, but another piece of advice that was I found was to exercise, staying active and getting sufficient exercise. That can help um, with, with sleep. In fact, one study um, between exercise and sleep says exercise promoted increased sleep efficiency and duration regardless of the mode and intensity of the activity. So maybe going a walk. Um, or something quite simple to do there. We talked about this last week when we talked about screen time, but then not having your screen near your bed is really important and the false or the fake blue light that stimulates our, our brain. Another thing that they say is having a bedtime routine. And this used to be a really, really big thing, didn't it, back in the day? Um, a cup of Horlicks or a hot chocolate before bed or a decaf tea or whatever your, your drink of choice is before you go to bed, but having something that's part of a routine before you go to bed, um, because then it's training your brain that, yeah, it's bedtime now. It's it's a bit like training a puppy, isn't it, our brains? And if you, if you can't sleep, and they say to get up out of bed and go into another room and read a book or 
go and do an activity somewhere else because if you start to do activities while you should be sleeping then your brain's going to think and associate the bedroom with doing that activity so it is essential deep sleep to to repairing our body helping us wake up we want to feel rejuvenated we want to ready to tackle the days and whatever we've got ahead um, but when we don't get enough we can really feel it but you can um yeah even just by dropping that one or gaining that hour and affecting my sleep pattern it has affected how I felt this week so I'm hoping um, by doing some of these things I might get some decent sleep over the next few days to really rejuvenate myself I always used to say wouldn't it be good if we could um, bank sleeps you know when you've got that time where you think oh I've slept for 12 hours can I bank that three hours and then just pull it out of a bank when I'm feeling really tired and grotty and just to, to perk us up and we do accumulate this sleep debt if we don't and it just keeps building and building and it's it's really hard to to get back into a normal pattern then and it's something that I don't want it to be a long-term thing. So I'm going to do all I can over the next few days to, to get my sleep back on track. Let me know if you've got any tips about how what you use for sleep. And I'd be really interested to hear them personally. And also I can share them here too. Well, that's it for this time. The bottles run dry and I'm always up for sharing more with you though. You can find me on Facebook, tweet me on Twitter, inspire me on Instagram or tease me on TikTok, all at I am Craig Story. Now, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then do let people know about it. I do love to hear where you listen and thank you to Nadine who I bumped into this week. Hello, Nadine. And she said that I help her clean a kitchen on a Friday. So I hope that um, the kitchen's nice and clean and I didn't even get my hands dirty while doing it but I hope this episode helped you get through cleaning the kitchen Nadine thank you so much for listening until the next time goodbye